Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2126. Today we're celebrating the Quail, a motorsport gathering that takes place Friday, August 19th at Quail Lodge and Golf Club. To learn more about this iconic event, go to the PeninsulaSignatureEvents.com website. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Grafton, Wisconsin. It's a little bit humid with a very special guest by the name of Lyle Brummer. Lyle, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I am. Thank you. All right. We're going to have some fun today talking about some very cool products and cars that you guys build. But first, I'd love for you to share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Lyle. Oh, this is a good one. You know, I, I was thinking about this and, you know, the easiest way to put it is some people are dog people. Some people are cat people. Well, I'm a rabbit person. Oh, yeah. Okay, now there's okay. There's one I haven't heard before, and I, I get some pretty unique answers. So, a rabbit person. All right. So you got to explain a little more about this. Well, I, as a boy, I had a pet rabbit, and then um, as our kids were younger, we um, instead of conventional pets, let's get a rabbit because they they make great pets, and so we've uh, had rabbits through the years, and uh, up until recently, we. Uh, still had rabbits when our last one was over 12 years old. So. Wow. You know, we have a lot of wild rabbits around here. And my next door neighbors years ago had a cat who would grab these little rabbits, especially when they were bunnies, and bring them as gifts. And sadly, you know, they she, this cat usually injured them and brought us one that seemed to be okay. And we put it in a little box and nursed it back a little bit. And my daughter was probably six, seven years old. So she asked if she could keep it. We said, okay, well, maybe for a little bit. You know, it's a wild rabbit. Perhaps it should go back to its mommy, mommy you know. Mm-hmm. And so we went out in the backyard and she was holding the rabbit and she sat down, set it down between her legs. And I swear that rabbit sat there for a minute, turned and looked at her and bolted for the the bushes. She just sat there so surprised, like, why did it run away? (laughs) Well, it's going home to its mommy. So, uh, Yep, that's their instinct. Yeah, exactly. I'll never forget that. Yeah, she was quite upset. So uh, we ended up getting her, of all things, a rat. So, uh, you know, we had a lot of rats as pets for the kids. I don't know. My wife and I are allergic to dogs and cats, so having them in the house wasn't really an option. But uh, I get, can you be allergic to rabbits? Are they allergenic or? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. Do they have do they have fur or hair? Uh, they have fur. fur. So I would imagine there's a little dander, so it could be an issue. Yes, you could be. Okay. Well, interesting thing. Rabbits. Very cool. Let me <laughs> introduce you, Lyle. Lyle Rummer is Director of Design at Speedcore Performance Group, an American performance company where their engineers and artisans combine traditional craftsmanship with cutting-edge technology. Boy, do they. They specialize in custom performance vehicles, carbon fiber, composite, part manufacturing, and engine integration. All designed and manufactured 
here in the United States. Lyle grew up around racing, supporting a friend who raced everything on land and water, and that led into karting and road racing that continues today. He's a longtime fan of Formula One and MotoGP, me too, and the international flair of global racing. He's also a very avid hiker who supports the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Extreme Hike each year. The Extreme Hike is a one-day 30-mile hike to fund research in finding a cure for cystic fibrosis. Very cool. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Buckle up. We're with Speedcore. We're going to be moving fast. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance is your go-to to protect your classic and collectible cars. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Lyle, we are back. So, Speedcore. Now, this is such a cool company. My listeners remember about a year ago, I had Tom Porter, who's the senior business development manager there at Speedcore, on the show, and he shared his perspective of the business. Now, my career goes back as a designer as well, and so I'm very excited to have you on the show and get this other side of the business. But let's go back a little bit further. How did your career start? How did you get into design? And then how did you become a part of Speedcore? Yeah, so my career goes back a number of years. Got into product development and uh, actually served an apprenticeship as a pattern maker. So it's going back well before uh, modern equipment was in that realm. What started to happen was technology crept into that industry. 
took a liking to it and started developing my skills that way with some schooling and and then direct experience, which was the most valuable aspect that led into different positions with companies in more direct product development instead of end use design for tooling and such. And um, always having a fascination with cars. I uh, grew up with a family friend who was really into 55 through 57 Chevys. So I was able to uh, participate and wrench on those vehicles and just fostered that interest at that point. Um, then the racing thing, of course, happened, uh, as does for a, a lot of young people. Yeah. You know, the fascination with technology. That's where, where my Formula One and MotoGP interests continue, amongst other series, for sure. Um, but that technology aspect and the, uh, you know, like aerodynamics in Formula One right now are just fascinating to me. And it continued into the car thing with uh, some local people who were working on some projects. And then eventually that morphed into Speedcorp. And my role actually started before Speedcorp was a company and has continued since. Oh, wow. So it goes back quite a ways with Speedcorp. Correct. Personnel from Speedcorp, as you know, nothing is done by one individual. And um, so this, uh, I like to look at it as a little nucleus of people that kind of came together. For a little nucleus of people, you guys produce some insanely cool stuff. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So I'd I'd love for you to talk about your role there. What are the many different things you get into? Because Speedcorp, when you look at it as a company, you first look and you think, oh, they build insane cars. And then you see wait, there's all these components around these vehicles and then taking these vehicles to these extreme levels, but doing it at, dare I say, a Formula One level attention to perfection? Well, there is. Um, you know, like, I like to tell people that we build cars from wheels to roof and everything in between, uh, right down to uh, designing and fabricating our own frame, cross members, motor mounts, door handles, any and every bit that you can think of, we do produce. So that is done via a lot of carbon fiber, as you've seen with our vehicles, uh, a lot of billet aluminum, 3D printing, uh, whatever t- technique it takes. Well, the kind of cars that you guys build and given your role there, you must pinch yourself every day as a designer and especially a car guy as well, because you get to touch all these different components. Whereas if you were working, I would assume, and I've had many people that work in large car manufacturing companies, you typically get sidled into one thing and you don't get to be a part of all the different components. But it sounds like you get to be in touch everything on a vehicle. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, so the planning phase all the way through going out the door. Um, and in the last project, uh, delivery two. Um, the last car that we did was a car called Hallucination for Ralph Giles from Stellantis Corporation. And uh, it was great because we delivered that car to him at Gingerman Raceway over in South Haven, Michigan. Yeah, so that was, that was fun because, uh, you know, we, we put these cars together and we test them and drive them. And then to see the owner be able to go out and just enjoy the vehicle was very rewarding. So are we talking about the Ralph Giles? Okay, yeah. He's he's been a guest on the show. Now, that must have been interesting working for somebody who's been head of design for a major car manufacturer. Uh, Was there some collaboration there or did he say, do what you got to do? Collaboration, very much so. Um, It was really quite an experience. I I enjoyed it immensely. 
um, being able to bat ideas back and forth. I mean, he was, we were trading sketches. Uh, I would send him renderings. He'd mark them up, and that's how we kind of proceed on many of the components. And sure, in some instances, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is what we come up with. And he's like, oh, that's awesome, and continue. Wow, that must have been super cool. You've had some yeah. very interesting clients on your builds. And what type of, how does the process start for somebody? If I wanted you to build me a car, where do you start? You start with, you know, what kind, what model you have in mind. Um, we generally are associated with Mopar products, but we've done other vehicles and from other manufacturers for sure. Once you have that model in mind, then we start coming up with some ideas. You know, of course, there's always, you know, what kind of horsepower, what kind of performance are you looking for? And then we start drilling down pretty much from the outside in, you know, exterior renderings, um, finishes. And then start working inside, interior renderings, you know, some of the features that you'd like to see in the vehicle. And then we work around that and then start filling in the blanks, you know, stuff that you don't necessarily see. You know, what kind of, you want a big thumping stereo or, you know, that's not that important. Do you want a, you know, 700 horsepower? Are you looking for a thousand horsepower, manual, automatic? So we have this checklist. And once we work through that, that gives us our foundation. And with our cars, because we're putting them on a, a custom chassis, then we would go out and look for a donor car. And then that donor car comes in and we prep that and start the build process from there. How long have you guys been building these vehicles? Speed Core will be six years old in August. So it sounds like you came into being at an incredibly uh, perfect time because what I call outlaw cars, if you will, going back to say Rod Emery builds the 356s. This has become quite a bit of a trend going on right now. Is you, and People are still interested in classic vehicles restored to the way they were. But I just had this talk with another guest the other day where he said many times people will think they want, say, an old Dodge Charger, like the Hellraiser you guys built, that 70 Dodge Charger. And then they go and drive one and they say, uh, this doesn't stop very well. It doesn't turn very well. It, it isn't really very fast. So I would assume your, your clientele is a lot like what's happening. If you, if you look at other builders like Singer, for, for example, RSR project, I've had many of these people on my show that are building these historic dream cars for people that bring you back to your, past because that's why us car people love old cars but you're making them something very different yeah very much so um i think you hit on the key component uh, the fact that old cars as nice as they look they don't always perform that well so uh with ralph's car for example you know that's he has elephant 001 so if you're not familiar that's the thousand horsepower crate engine yeah oh jeez. So that, that was the basis for what he wanted for power, and um, we went from there. So, you know, double wishbone, Penske coilovers on all, all four corners, big Brembo brakes, of course, uh, you know, nice beefy Michelin tires on it. So that performance level comes up significantly, and um, he definitely explored those limits out at the track that day, and then uh, consecutive days after that. So having that experience and having that feedback from him was really insightful and rewarding because he's a he's a seasoned driver for sure. And um, he had a lot of good compliments and that's very rewarding to us. Oh, coming from him. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the other many things that you guys produce as well as an entire car. Uh, kind of walk us through all the different products. 
Yeah, so um, like I alluded to, we, we'll start with, uh, we'll work exterior to interior. Um, most of our cars, like Ralph's car and you mentioned Hellraiser, those are complete carbon fiber bodied cars. So we reproduce all those body panels and carbon fiber pre-preg. Um, in the case of both cars, there's some custom components on it. Like, for example, the hood on both cars, that was a custom design. So in that case, we'll take and 3D scan the current cars to get a full uh, purview of the car and then start 3D modeling a hood around that and dialogue around, of course, fitment. In the case of Hellraiser, we thought it would be interesting to have the top of the supercharger coming through the hood. In the case of Ralph, he was looking for something a little bit more aggressive and not having that. So again, that dialogue of trading sketches and coming up with concepts and was the process there. Um, in the case of Hellraiser, that's a, a billet grill on it, so large piece of aluminum. Um, and we touched on the frame, suspension, as you can imagine, all kinds of brackets and yeah. bits and pieces, uh, carbon fiber engine bay for sure. Moving to the interior, we actually have a carbon fiber dash, three-piece dash that um, we designed and developed the tooling for that really allows some things that you generally don't think about for uh, a very unique, very uh, limited production car something that's called serviceability, of course, where we can actually, if we need to take something in and out or um, be able to get at features, we can remove that dash and disassemble it in a matter of minutes. And that really helps out because, you know, we work with Kicker Audio on our audio system. So integrating that stuff from a design level before we even go into tooling was very helpful. So when you look at the dash, you can see that we have nice, cutouts for the tweeters, which of course is the optimum position for that. So we can take that into account early for sure. You guys are dream builders. We like to think so. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, we take a lot of pride in what we do and we have a, a lot of very talented people here. Yeah. The level of what you guys do from every aspect of design to the actual fabrication is over the top insane. It's just absolutely spectacular. Do you go places and take your cars to ha have on display like to events? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, over the years, we've done SEMA, Grand National Roadster Show. Um, last year was our first year out at the Quail. We'll be at the Quail again this year. Um, we do some local stuff. We host cars and coffee here at our facility. So, yeah, we try to get it out in not only our local community, but uh, our, around the country for sure. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to seeing you at the Quail this year. I've been supporting them the last uh, week or so, and I've been to... I think I've been to every quail event going back to the very first one. It's such a cool, unique event. And it's one of those things that once you get there and with all the other stuff going on around the Monterey Peninsula every day, you want to go to all the events, but you don't want to leave the quail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it was that that first experience last year was, was something for sure. What are you going to have at the quail this year? We're actually going to have Hallucination, Ralph's car. Oh. Ralph and Doris will, will be with us oh, also. Oh, they will? Oh, great. Good. Well, then I can say hello. Awesome. Well, have you had some, what I like to call driving inspirations in your life, influential people, mentors that have helped you in your career and your life? Yeah. You know, as far as I was thinking about that, you know, we can go down the avenue, uh, like we mentioned, racing, um, longtime Air and Senna fan. Um, oh, that yeah. was yeah, that's my first. <laughs> but, you know, having family growing up, um, 
it was always important. My dad taught me a couple simple things, you know, persistence, you know, be humble and work hard. I mean, that's it. That may sound simple, but those are some pretty important things. And, um, you know, the other thing, uh, advice that I, I received once was whatever position you're in, listen to everybody. Somebody and can always teach you something. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, where you are. Just listen and be open to learning from somebody. Oh, yeah. You learn a lot more when you're listening than when you're speaking. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you had a father like mine that uh, persistence be humble work hard uh, honesty ethics all those things are things that my father taught me as well and always grateful for that uh for sure but the persistence factor i don't think you you end up producing 2128 interviews on podcast by not <laughs> persistence sometimes i feel like what am i doing this is incredible but uh i get to talk to a lot of very cool people and i get to be a great listener so it's taught me a lot of, of super things we'll take a short break we come back. I want to talk about a challenge because uh, all great successes always come with challenges. That's how we learn. So keep that in mind and we'll be right back. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because, well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah! is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org like I do here at Cars Yeah! 
So, Lyle, let's talk about this uh, challenge, obstacle, failure, something that taught you an invaluable lesson to help you move forward in your life, your career, business, whatever it might be. Yeah, so I think the, the big thing is, you know, open to new experiences for sure. And with that in mind, when we look at our projects, you know, you alluded to the depth of our projects and our, our projects weren't always that way. Our projects were uh, a little lesser in scope for sure. And as we brought on capabilities or talent or whatever technology, we'll say, our ability and our desire to do more and more increased. So, for example, when we touched on the frame, that frame design, well, it's not every day somebody comes to you and says, hey, guess what? We want to now design our own frame. Yes. (laughs) We have to start working through the geometries and everything that goes with that. And that, that was a huge challenge. You know, um, fortunately we have this great thing called the internet. So you can do a lot of research and there's some peers within the industry that we were able to tap into, but that was a huge challenge. So of course that first time you're, you're a little tentative because not only are you looking at the overall design, you have to think about how we're going to manufacture it, the resources we have available to manufacture it. You know, in the case of our frames, in particular, it start, starts out as flat sheet steel. It's laser cut out and then bent, and then it's all interlocking to be able to weld together. We run fuel and oil lines through them. So that's a that singular component of a vehicle alone is, is a huge challenge. And then, you know, further vehicles and revisions. So that's one aspect of it. Uh, interiors, when we're talking about how we lay out control systems, um, right down to, for example, on hallucination, you know, looking at the, the toggles for the light switches and the door locks, that's something we looked at and said, it's something that we can buy and look at, but, you know, let's do it our way. Let's have a better integration. So model something up, prototype it, revise it, and then put it in the vehicle. So that was a process for sure. So there's all of these little challenges that we meet when we come into a project because each one may have a certain range of common components but finishes are different and there's a range of things that we like to make unique to every buyer at that point my mind gets a little twisted up in this whole thing because when you think about cars being manufactured large manufacturing companies all the different people involved i mean there's hundreds of people involved and your company is not have hundreds of engineers to design a chassis so i how you do this is uh over the top in my mind because there's so many little things and each thing from the chassis up starts to affect the next thing and then mm-hmm. the next thing and the next thing so boy my hat's off to you that's absolutely mind-boggling yeah, and that's you know that also speaks to the other people within our our company. You know, um, our lead fabricator he's been doing this for forty plus years now. Wow! So being able to take in that experience and digest it, and then turn it into virtual components, and then start seeing it become the physical component is, you know, you're in it from the process day one. So. Wow. Kudos to the team. Absolutely. So let's look at a bucket list. Is there or are there some types of vehicles that you aspire to want to do in the future there at Speedcore? Some cars that you guys have said, we would love to do something like this. Yeah. Um, the cars, we will continue down the path. We've got some projects in house for sure, but something that I'm very interested in doing and um, we've got some buy-in from 
most parties involved is in ED Restomont. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, we've, we've done some preliminary work here and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, it's a, it's a challenge. You know, we just touched on it before. This is a, a new challenge and, um, it's a new realm for a lot of people, you know, so going into the EV space will, you know, may offend others, but it, I think it's it's an important step to continue this tradition of having performance with this classic history. In the last year alone, I've had many people on the show involved in battery technology companies, uh, one just last week, as a matter of fact. And it's obviously something that's coming on fast. And we see people who are building EV-powered vehicles. Even uh, at the Quail, I think it was back in 2019, I walked up to a Jaguar XKE uh, mm -hmm. that had uh, electric power plant. And it's interesting to stand around an old car and then hear people talk. Some go, wow, that's so cool. And others go, blasphemy. How could they do that to a car like that? Well, if you've ever driven an old Jaguar XKE, and they're delightful, uh, but not very fast, not super reliable. And I really like the whole concept. And I cannot wait for you guys to do something because you're so extreme that this is going to be pretty insane, I would think. So I got to have you back once you do one of these things. Be very cool. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. When I introduced you, we talked about this influence that a family friend had that raced on water and land, and the fact that that influenced you and your love for F1 and MotoGP and, of course, Ayrton Senna. In fact, he's one of my heroes. I even have one of his quotes on the back of my business card. So, <laughs> yeah, he was just one, one incredible person. How about a special vehicle in your life that really stands out? What would that be? Yeah, so... Um not to date myself here, but um, I'm of an age where the the Japanese, the Honda products were just starting to get popular. Um, and being influenced by racing and stuff, I, I really took a shine to the history of the Honda Corporation and Hero Honda and how that company came, you know, was built from the ruins and it was just an interesting story and, of course, a very interesting character. So I gravitated towards those products, and um, I was uh, fortunate enough to get the first Acura Integra Type R that came to Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Um, because we, we had been doing track days and stuff with other other Acuras and stuff, and boy, when they announced that a car was coming, you know, everybody was excited about that. And so, like I say, I was able to get that car, and um, that was Exciting for sure. So you had the first one? In Wisconsin, yes. In Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah, it, it, that's another interesting company coming out of that Honda brand way, way back. The first, well, second new car my wife and I bought after being married. The first was a, a Jetta GLI, uh, which was a fun car, but we bought an Acura Legend. And do you remember the Vigor that came yeah. out? The five-cylinder? Yeah. Yeah, inline five cylinder. Yeah, that's the car we went to buy because it was a little less expensive. We couldn't really, well, I didn't think we could afford it, but that salesman, he, <laughs> he had us hook, line, and sinker. He said, you know, since you're driving the Vigor, you really should drive the Legend as a comparison. And I looked at my wife and I said, no, we don't need She goes, okay. <laughs> well, of course, she got in that and that's what we ended up with. But I'll tell you, that car, we had that car for 11 years. It was a really, really great vehicle. And I always liked the design, even today, the design is one of those designs that's kind of 
stood the test of time. You don't see them around anymore, but uh, yeah, but the Integra's uh, very cool cars too. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head since you're a very creative guy and be your car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Oh, interesting. Uh, I've never been asked this before, so it's kind of curious for sure. But my first thought, I was like, you know, trying to, you know, having somewhat of an understanding of myself, but I was thinking, would it be a Citroen 2CB? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was, got, you know, many reasons behind that. But then uh, some of my coworkers like, no, man, it's probably a Civic Type R, you know, because okay. with that, it, it's, I'm generally an uh, unassuming, quiet individual, and but that car can shred when it needs to, and that's uh, kind of, my demeanor, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, shreds a bit more than the Citroen. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, very much so. But, uh, you know, the Citroen was uh, the quirkiness, but still some ingenuity there for sure. Oh, yeah. Those cars were incredible. Uh, I, I was really not in those cars much. And I worked with a gentleman who was actually Japanese who has a business uh, here in the Pacific Northwest selling Citroen parts all over the world. And he would drive these silly little things to work and like, Kenji, what on earth? And he said, well, let's go for a ride. And I remember riding in one going, this is like riding on a cloud. Yeah. It's like bizarre. Can't leave suspension, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Pretty unique cars. Uh, definitely when you think about when they came out to um, the bigger ones, I mean, innovative in so many ways. I mean, they were just incredible uh, vehicles. So, you know, I mentioned in your or your introduction that you like to give back supporting cystic fibrosis through their uh, extreme hikes. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I personally don't have CF in my family, but um, you might be familiar with REI co-ops. We have them here in Wisconsin. And yes. uh, I got one of their newsletters and it said, hey, do you want to hike for a cause? And I had already been a hiker at the time. And I'm like, Huh, that could be interesting. So I went to the event to learn more about it and uh, participated ever since. Um, this will be my eighth year oh, wow. doing it. Um, and I've made some great friends. I've met families who have children afflicted with CF and, you know, these uh, amazing parents, uh, amazing people. And, you know, doing this for almost 10 years now, we've made really a lot of progress and you know of course it's it's a fundraising entity for us but when you can see progress that's been made you know remedies that help these children and adults for that matter it's really rewarding so you know you, you go out and you do a you know we do a lot of training throughout the year we you know we're into our training hikes now um and you go out and you do a, a 30 mile hike in a day which is you know exhausting you go through a lot of physical exertion and stuff but oh, yeah you're always reminded that, you know, the, these kids, the treatments that they have to do on a daily basis, you know, the, it pales in comparison to what we go through for a day. How long does it take to hike 30 miles? Um, our pace, our general pace is about three and a half miles an hour. We do do a lunch break. We're well supported. I mean, this is, um, we do it uh, last couple of years at Governor Dodge State Park here in Wisconsin, which is a, a really a lovely park. And, great trails challenging trails for that matter so um we're usually on the trail by six and uh generally off by three thirty, four o'clock yeah wow that's a long day how can people learn more about that maybe get involved is that a nationwide uh deal where they hike all over the country 
That is correct. Yeah, there's extreme hikes all around the country for sure. Um, go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and just look up Extreme Hike. You can find a listing there if you just put my name in there and that's where you can find out more. I'll make sure I put that on Lyle's show notes page. That sounds fantastic. How about a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, you know, I, I, I read a lot of different stuff, but one of the ones that um, always sticks with me and that I try to share with people all the time, and it might kind of be kind of one of those obscure ones, but it's uh, Senna's Principle of Race Driving. Ah, yeah. And, um, you know, it helped me early on. It, it still does, but... The thing that I like about it is that, you know, I want anybody to read because any knowledge of car control or, you know, lines or braking, all these things can help anybody in any situation. We live in Wisconsin. We have varying conditions throughout the year. You know, uh, techniques that you learn in literature like that can help you in any situation, slick, you know. Uh, windy, whatever, it, it definitely helps. So I think that was one of the ones that keeping within the, the context of our conversation was uh, a good one. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Ross Bentley is a, another great author for being a driver, and he's been a guest a couple times. Actually, he lives, I think, just down the street from my son, actually, up here in the Pacific Northwest. He's not too far from where I live. He's got a series you can go online and subscribe, and every week he sends out an email talks about different driving techniques and things like that he's written some great books as well but uh yeah senna definitely the one and i think that book's out of print now but um you can go on used bookstores and probably find it or ebay things like that i just typed in to amazon and it's 116 bucks for the paperback so that tells me that it's out of print but uh, i'm sure you can go i've got a copy of that i didn't know, <laughs> didn't know it was worth so much yeah, I was going to say, I've got my copy and I'm not letting it go. No, it's one of those great books for sure. So I'm going to enable you to go on what I call the ultimate drive. I'm going to buy you any car in the world. I'm that kind of guy. You can take it anywhere in the world and you can be with anybody, even somebody who's deceased. So if you want to go for a ride with Ayrton, you could do that too. Uh, man, Ayrton Senna at Spa, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Uh, or the streets of Monaco. Well, that might be a little scary. Yeah. What does the ultimate drive look like for you, Lyle? Well, you guessed it. I mean, okay. uh, it's just sticking with uh, the whole theme of things. Um, Ayrton Senna is my thought. Um, you know, a fascinating character. We, we watch race drivers, and every era is a little bit different. And that was such an intense era. The rivalries were open and intense. And so his drive and his willingness to like say go a little bit over the top at times a little bit <laughs> <laughs> was was always um you know especially as a young person you're like wow what is going on there um right. when i started watching in, in 92 uh and uh, that was the mantle sunny years oh and, yeah you know watching trying to get the ride back on top of Mansell's cars. And, and oh, yeah, that's right. I've seen that video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did that. Oh, yeah. The, I'm sure they did that today. There'd be fines of $100 million or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, but, yeah, just seeing that and having, of course, participated in seeing uh, racing in America, it was just something so different. And, you know, just like I mentioned before, the international flair just was – so magical for me and um then that character so and uh, unfortunately i was watching the race live when he perished oh gosh that was a terrible end the day before yeah absolutely well i would assume if you're going to go for a ride with airton would that be in an nsx since we were talking about this 
NSX Type R. Oh, type, of course, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course, yeah, because we didn't we didn't get those here. Um, and uh, you've probably seen the videos online of him uh, testing it and in loafers, you know. I know, showing the know. camera, the footwork, you know, <laughs> yeah, incredible. Manual, you know, no traction control, and it's just that, that was. It's still a fascinating video, and and it also speaks to that car, you know, that the NSX for me. It kind of redefined that supercar category. You know, these, all of a sudden, you know, you can have this in, incredible performance from a vehicle that, if you want, it's a daily driver. Um, for example, we were up at Road America last weekend um, for the Brian Redmond Challenge, and a friend of mine runs a, an older NSX, and next to it was, uh, I believe it was a 2008 NSX and Texas place, and I'm like, did he drive it up? And he's like, yeah, that car's got 160,000 miles on it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You, you put the Honda longevity technology and uh, competency uh, in a sports car, and that's what you end up with. That was such an innovative, wild thing when it came out. Everybody was like, what <laughs> is going on here? This, yeah, kind of crazy. So where would you guys be driving? Um, yeah, probably, you know, you mentioned Spa. That would be a good one because it's such a such an amazing track. Um, uh, you know, there's some little controversy around it right now if it's going to be retained on the calendar or not. But, uh, you know, just so many events uh, that I've watched there and just through the years how Formula One cars have changed and they just, the pace that they go around there, and, and yeah. it's just fascinating. mind-boggling. So, I, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, hard to even imagine uh, for sure. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, Lyle, and I'm really happy that we were able to connect. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a success quote or um, words of wins- wisdom or inspiration for us? Uh, it's a simple one. My, um, my grandparents came over from the old country, Germany, and um, and he he would always say to us, he says, um, "Be good. If you can't be good, be careful." So, <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. When, when you're young, you kind of go, "Oh, whatever." But you know, as you get older, it was pretty insightful. You know, you may not be being good all the time, but you always have to be careful. Yeah, especially on the track in a very fast car, and considering the kind of car Speedcore builds, be careful. That right uh, throttle goes both ways. Just keep that in mind when you jump in one of those. How can people learn more about Speedcore Performance Group? Yeah, speedcore.com and then speedcore01 on all the social platforms. There you go. I'll put links to all these on Lyle's show notes page. I'm going to do a shout out. Thank you to my friends at Con Media, Eric Becker and Jeff Dillo for connecting me with Lyle. Uh, the folks at Con bring me some wonderful guests. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Lyle, hey, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and, and uh, your life. What a wonderful life. You are the epitome of the Cars Yeah guest, guy who figured out how to wrap his passions into his life and his career. Uh, you done it. You figured the sec- secret sauce to life. And so you and I talk again, my friend. I'll see you. I'll see you at the Quail. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.